One of the victims, Palmata Abakar, had a painfully twisted experience. She was continuously victimized by the man who detained her husband. After detaining my husband, the military officer told me to forget about my husband because he was never coming back and I should marry him instead. I refused to marry him. He always told me that despite my running, sooner or later he would catch me. This is Vestiges of Violence. A weekly podcast about personal stories of violence victims. For Human Angle, I am Hamida. He usually didn't come with a convoy, but one day, he did. He arrived in his car, blaring the siren, with several other cars behind him. Some of his men came down from the cars that trailed him. After parking inside the Bama hospital camp, where Falmata lived at the time, it used to be a hospital. Then, it was burned down by Boko Haram. Now, it is an IDP camp. The men went into her tent and grabbed her, then pulled her out. She had never felt that much fear, confusion, and dread in her life. Still, she knew what was about to happen. I was thrown into one of the cars and pinned down as they drove to a destination I had no way of knowing. When we arrived, the military officer heavily built and slightly light-skinned, with a tribal mark slanted horizontally across one of his cheeks, took me into a deserted building. There he raped me. There were so many deserted buildings in Burma in those days. Falmata and her family had been displaced by the Boko Haram insurgency in 2014. In 2015, when Boko Haram took Nguru Soye village, Falmata Abakar and her husband fled like everyone else. They arrived at a nearby village and stayed for some time. It was a restless stay as they soon realized that the village was also under Boko Haram control. We had left our village in search of safety, but even that place was not safe. We were stuck. Then, one day, we heard on the radio that the government was calling on people in our village to come to Meduguri. The government was calling on us, assuring us that there was peace for us in Meduguri, that if we made it there, we would be accepted with both hands. So my husband told me that it was better for us to leave because there was nothing for us there in the village. The village cannot hold us. So Falmata and her family packed their things and left in the middle of the night to avoid running into the insurgents. There were people who ran into them and were shot at, but she and her husband made it to Bama by morning. When they arrived, they were accosted by soldiers who stopped and interrogated them. They asked us to bring down our luggage from our heads and we did. Then they asked us to raise our hands and we did. And then they asked us to sit on the floor. Later, after questioning us, they suddenly grabbed my husband and started beating him. When they tied him up and started beating him, I started crying and they warned me to stop crying. They said if I thought they were being cruel to my husband, they hadn't even started yet. 
and then they took me away. That was how I found myself in Bama Hospital Camp with many other women. It was at this camp that the military officer who detained her husband came to propose marriage to her. When she rejected his proposal, he started to sexually assault her. After the first time when he and his men came to take me away, he started to rape me in my tent at the IDP camp. He would arrive with his convoy, blaring sirens, his car full of relief materials for the displaced people. As people rushed to offload the materials and share it among themselves, he was usually in the tent, raping me. There were times his men had to hold me down. People knew. They had her struggle. Sometimes they even saw it happen. There were also times she successfully ran away and sought refuge in other people's tents. But they could not help her for long. The most they could do was advise her. They told me to just accept and marry him so that all the suffering would stop and so that I could also have unlimited access to food. He was also a high-ranking military officer, so nobody could stop him. When the sexual abuse got unbearable, she went to a trader she was familiar with who lived within the neighborhood. She told him of her troubles. She needed to leave that environment and needed his help. That soldier is the reason I left that camp. If I didn't leave, he would not have let me be. I told the trader that I have some caps that I had knitted myself and was ready to sell to get money that could transport me out of the village. He helped me and smuggled me into a truck that left town with me. Years later, in her new location, she would hear from her former neighbors that the military officer often came looking for her, asking where she now lived, attempting to trace her. For years, she heard no word of her husband and she started to believe that perhaps the officer was right, that she would never see him again. But he turned out to be wrong because six years later, her husband was released. This is an episode of Vestiges of Violence. It was reported and scripted by Hawasha Finuhu edited by Anita Eboibi and produced by Atahi Rujibren. A quick note about our voice acting. All dramatizations in this episode are based on actual interviews conducted with the subject. Voice acting by Zubeida Baba Ibrahim. The senior producer is Anthony Asemota. The executive producer is Ahmed Selkida. For more stories, go to humanangomedia.com and find more episodes wherever you get your podcasts. I am Hamida.